Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing Podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. It is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Halkerin, and today on the podcast, I'm joined by Becca Aldrich. She is a senior account manager, manager, but she was a former search. Yes, search marketing strategist. So we wanted to talk a little bit on a Monday about search. And specifically, I wanted to start with this case study because you have a great accompaniment to this case study. So two years ago in 2017, there was a product, and if you don't have little girls in your life, you probably don't know what this product is, but there was a product called LOL Dolls. And essentially, um, it's a blind box toy. Your kid buys this thing and it opens up and there's toys inside and they get surprised. That's the surprise part of the LOL surprise. The case study was showing that retailers who paid attention to this trend line in search happening in 2017 made more money. Every retailer carried LOL dolls in 2018 when it's red hot and we're heading into Christmas. But retailers who had been following it a year prior ended up making almost two times as much revenue off of this one piece of data. And so Becca, you're here because we've got a similar case study in a different vertical that I'm super excited for you to share because I think people need to pay closer attention to the data that is around them, that their customers are going, pick me, pick me, pick me. So can you kind of level set where we are and get started on this case study? Yeah, sure. So um, we have been, we have an ongoing relationship with one of our clients that has been with us for quite a few years. So the beauty of having that longstanding relationship is that we have been able to glean from search specifically what people are actually asking for. So we have taken four to five years worth of historical um, search insight, essentially what, what the keywords that people are actually searching for, the queries people are using, and been able to kind of format that into our entire content strategy moving forward. So the beauty with that is, you know, sometimes we get to the point where we think we know exactly what people are looking for. And the reality is that we're often surprised because we don't. So we are able to see um, in this example, we actually took the the tried and true data that people were telling us they were using, the questions that they were asking, the information that they were looking for, and converted that into our content strategy, into our creative messaging, um, into all of our, our visual, all of our video, all of our audio to move forward so that we are the source for the information that people are asking. And all of it came from the historical search data that we have. And in your best guess, what percentage do you think of brands probably don't do that? Do They do the first part where they go, I got it. I know what they want. Oh, man. <laughs> A lot? <laughs> Which seems to me to be silly, right? Because when we're... And I know this is not necessarily what we're talking about today, but this sort of touches against that. When we're moving into an Internet of Things world or an Alexa world or a Siri world or Cortana or whichever one of those assistants you use, now this thing that you're talking about becomes paramount because I'm asking a question with my voice mm -hmm. about this client using words that I would normally use in an order I would normally use them that likely you wouldn't be able to guess if you didn't have the data in front of you. Absolutely. Yeah. And even just the the way in which like the, the tone that people are using and with the voice search and, um, you know, people want more authentic responses in their 
in their marketing. You know, we there people are more transparent. They act, they know. Okay, is the are you just trying to inspire me in ways, or do you actually have the information that I'm looking for? So when we start seeing all of the changes with voice search and even the the structure of the search queries that people are using, it's a little bit more cut and dry. Here's the information that I'm looking for, um, and we have the opportunity to give them that exact answer to kind of cutting through a lot of the um a lot of the gray and so what is what have been the results thus far right this particular client is seasonal so we're kind of ramping up to it but what have been the results thus far well the engagement specifically with all of the content we've been putting out is tenfold over the previous years because we're literally wow answering questions that people are asking so they're asking and and not to say there aren't other sources out there that might be asked or answering similar questions but we're able to really be the ones to come up front and say okay here is exactly what you're looking for and whether it's um you know the nice thing is being able to get all of that historical data it allowed us to see all the different audiences as well where we might have in our heads who exactly it is that we're trying to you know influence there's a lot of other insight that we gleaned from who all the different people are and how we need to be answering to all of those individuals. So it gave us kind of an upper hand to be able to, you know, put content out there that we know is going to hit people in different places based on what exactly they're looking for. And guys, today Google put out a thing with a Google piece that I, I want to insert right here that was showing that search for, we'll use air quotes for this, search for queries that include for me, meaning the age of the individual, the thing for me is up 60% year over year. And so if you're not doing this, I feel like, and I know you've said this a million times, they'll get the answer someplace. Oh yeah. And it might not be right. Mm -hmm. And it might not be on brand and Mm -hmm. it might not be the thing you want, but they'll get it somewhere. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about content and how you need to be the authority and you need to be the person answering those questions um, for years, you know, and that hasn't changed. If anything, it becomes more and more important as people are, um, you know, you're still hitting obviously different sources and you're purchasing path and what if you're planning for travel, whatever you're doing, but you know, being, I think it's just more and more important now to really look at how can you be one of the authoritative um, content bodies, essentially, to be able to answer those questions for them. Now, how do you feel your search background has helped you in building these larger campaigns, right? Because you were a channel, what we would call a channel expert, and now you're building a robust campaign. How has that helped you, do you think, uh, from a personal perspective? Well, I think having that experience, especially understanding the the behaviors of search and how that that channel works, I think having that more in-depth kind of analysis mindset, um, you know, I'm not the one with the pretty words. I'm not going to be able to put together these lovely images like I don't want to. But having the having the um, analysis mindset and being able to dig into those pieces and really try and understand the behavior based on, you know, the path that they're taking through the, through the, even the search funnel. Just if you look at the search as a whole, being able to understand that and play around with, um, you know, the different queries, the different types of keywords, even the ad copy, you know, what people are connecting to. I think having, you know, years of experience there, it's a lot easier to roll that into other channels, I think, than it is the op- than the other way. And as someone on the other side, I can say that holistically. Okay. It's much easier <laughs> than going the other way. But I, I bring that up because I, I want to ask 
for people who don't have five years of historical data mm -hmm. or a ream of data that they can pull from to kind of pull out what I, I would call, what are the first five questions your client is going to ask? Because that's, that's where they're starting mm -hmm. and you need to be there, right? What would be a quick tip of how to start figuring out where I could gather that information? Well, uh, there's there's a few different resources, a few different things that come to mind. First, if you have any type of existing audience in your social channel, or if you have a newsletter or an email, or there's a survey you could put on your website if you wanted to, just, I mean, asking the questions from the people who are already your customers, or have already visited a destination, or have already purchased something from you, like, don't be afraid. It's almost like we, as a collective society, it's like make ourselves vulnerable. Like we don't actually know all the answers to everything. <laughs> Ask the other people right. that are out there buying the product. So I think social is fantastic. I mean, with the with the polls, with the responses, you want the engagement. So ask people on Facebook. You can ask the questions in your um, in Instagram. That's one way. You obviously have the capabilities on your website or in your email newsletter. And then there's also tools that Google puts out there to start, like your Google Trends or your um, Keyword Planner, where you can get an idea of what the what the products and services are that you offer, plug a few of those in, and Google has the information. It will share that with you if you have even just the smallest starting point. Awesome. Becca, I know you've got a lot to do on a Monday afternoon, so I will let you go. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Uh, as always, you can get uh, all of the episodes of the podcast, the videos, and the blogs online at mlivemediagroup.com. My name is Eric Hulkerin, and this is the Everything is Marketing podcast.